Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Our goal is to help you identify four key ways you're letting success slip by and then also help give you strategies for what to do about it. Talk about a powerful way to increase your income and propel yourself forward. Okay, David, we have a ton to cover. So again, we've promised to help people see four things that could be killing their consistent cash flow. Let's just jump in. Why don't you start with the first major way you see people sabotage their ability to make money. Well, Steph, you know, this is a really good topic because the, um, most people see these things happen just specifically in relationships, but a person has to ask the question, what is the relationship between themselves, um, the business that they're running, and even perhaps the people that they're working with uh, in their business, not to mention their clients. So codependency is like the number one cash killer uh, that is out there as far as um, uh, really stifling uh, and restricting the flow of cash that comes into the business. And you have neediness and subconscious needs that go with that. So um, part of the idea around this is that if we're coming from a codependency, that means really we're reliant on others for to get our emotional needs met, to get our financial needs met, um, uh, to get lots of different needs met. Maybe it's validation. Uh, maybe it's self-worth. Uh, maybe it's to be seen in the world. And, and we're really relying on other people uh, for that instead of stepping into our own power and being able to do that ourselves. If we're coming from a a needy place, we have a tendency to create dramas, problems, complications, and confusions, which also then create uh, like a static in the business that doesn't allow the money to come in and flow in. Now, I want to preference everything else that I'm going to teach all the way through the secret at the end with, with this statement, that a lot of, um, a lot of what we're uh, doing with ourselves as we develop ourselves to become really good, uh, if not a master at bringing money into our life, uh, is 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 really transmuted and communicated through the universe through the medium of energy. And if our if if we're coming from a dysfunctional place psychologically, if we're coming from a dysfunctional place. Emotionally, if we're coming from a dysfunctional place in the way we're behaving or our discipline, then the energy that we're actually putting out there is repelling the cash flow. So it's killing the cash flow. That's a cash flow killer. It totally repels uh, that cash flow. So uh, the cash flow. So if you have these issues um, and you try to learn a skill set or a marketing technique or a sales technique or whatever it is that you're trying to learn, it's not going to work for you. It absolutely will not work for you um, if this does not change first. So it also has to change with, what should I say, because they go hand in hand, right? The the whole idea of 
um, your mindset, the expectancy that we have as far as money coming in, and then the counter-belief that we would have about why it can't and trying to get emotional an emotional need met, they actually go hand-in-hand hand and, and will stop something from coming into your life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through uh, several different ideas here and get, take a sheet of paper and just write uh, a Y or an N next to the things that I say that you relate to. And if you write a Y, do not beat yourself up. Y is for yes, N is for no. So let's, let's begin. So number one, you think and feel responsible for other people or other people's feelings or their thoughts, their actions, their choices, their wants, their needs, well-being, lack of well-being, uh, their ultimate destiny. Uh, if that's a yes for you, put a Y. If that's a no for you, put a no. David, can you give an example of how that would show up in someone's life? Like how they would know if they feel responsible for other people? Yeah, they feel like they have to fix them. Um, they see somebody else uh, in, in pain. They see somebody else not stepping into um, their full potential or their power and they feel sorry for them or they feel self-pity. Um, they think that, uh, you know, even perhaps like um, sometimes in marriages, we feel responsible for our partner instead of both of us growing at the same time. Uh, we do it. We do it with clients. Like I'm in the coaching industry. I see. I see other coaches do this all the time. Where, if the if the client's not getting the result, they go above and beyond um, to help the client get the result. When really they're taking away the power from that client, and that person's not stepping into the possibility and the power of what they have the ability to do. It's damn difficult to sit sometimes and watch someone struggle through accepting the idea of their own power so that they can they can manifest and create the cash uh, that they want in the in their in their life does that make sense yeah you know I, I just I'm not going to interrupt you through all of these because I know you've got a long list to go through but I think it went in you know in coaching of our clients I see it a lot when people ha feel like they have to over deliver like they they're, they're constantly trying to over deliver sure. or they feel guilty about what they charge yeah yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that's that's a self worth issue, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's a cash flow killer. Self worth. If you have low self esteem, you have low self worth. You don't think you're worth it. Um, you don't see. Uh, we see this a lot of time where where we come across brilliant people, but they don't see the they don't see the brilliance in their brilliance. Mm -hmm. uh, they see what's wrong with it. They see all they see is the flaws. So they overcompensate for whatever is not healed inside of themselves. So that's a really good point. Okay, thank you. Carry on. Yeah, okay. Number two, <laughs> you feel anxiety, pity, and guilt when other people have a problem. One of the things that we call this is that um, emotionally, we're interjecting ourselves into that person's story. Instead of standing outside of that story and being a champion for their success, we literally become part of the problem. When we do that, it's a cash flow killer yeah. because then the other person, yeah, everybody needs to know this. Stories, um, self-destructive or dysfunctional stories that people carry are also designed to manipulate others so that people don't have to change. If you enter that person's story, 
if you enter that person's reality because you're coming from a place of pity, guilt, shame, whatever it might be, then you're being manipulated by that person's story and it's killing your cash flow and you're not able to actually help that other person uh, because they're really, um, they're really guiding the way you think. You're not helping them change the way that they think. Number three, you feel compelled, almost forced to help a person solve a problem. This is, uh, um, uh, we live in a society where people, I did a whole podcast on decidophobia, and people have a, uh, a really difficult time making decisions. And they have a difficult time making decisions because nobody's ever taught them how to make a decision, and they're scared to death Uh, that they're going to make a mistake and it will verify any lack of self-worth that they have inside of them. So all of, you know, when a person is having, when a person is going through a problem, we think that we need to, to fix them or solve that problem for them. And that doesn't teach them anything. All that does is teach them that if I stay in my problem long enough, somebody's going to come rescue me. Cash flow killer, huge, big time. Um, Number four, you offer unwanted advice, give all different kinds of suggestions. Um, you know, I pretty much follow this rule that I don't give advice unless it's an emergency or somebody asks me for advice. And I'm in the business of giving people advice, <laughs> right? Um, but a lot of people do this because they're coming from their own uh, feeling of inadequacy and they want, it, it helps them feel important to do this. But it's not helping a person grow. It's not helping a person um, get to the point where they have the courage and the fortitude to ask for help, which is a, a really big thing that people need to learn how to do. So if you're constantly always giving people advice, you're also probably secretly, uh, you know, other people not wanting your advice because it's too much. So ends up with cash flow killer. Um, number five, you try to fix a person's feelings. Um, it's okay to be compassionate. It's okay to be empathetic with another individual. It's okay to validate. But the fixing part belongs to every individual person. It's how we grow. It's how we mature. It's how we learn to self-soothe. It's how we get rid of the codependence that we talked about. And if you're constantly out there trying to fix a person's feelings, you're not focused on where you're growing, cash flow killer. Number six, you will also feel angry when your help isn't effective. So a person that doesn't feel, or the person that does feel angry when their help isn't effective has to realize that the help that they're offering has more to do with them than it has to do with the person that they're trying to help. And they actually feel offended or take it personally if another person doesn't use it, if it's not effective for the other person. And if you take it personally, you start self-judging, you start self-shaming, you start self-guilting, and it does not build you up to the place where you're going to be in the flow of abundance. You're going to be in the place where you're killing your cash flow. Um, Number seven, you try to please other people instead of yourself. Um, the, the, the 
number one person in your life that you should love the most is you, and the number one person that you should take care of in your life is you, and the number one person that um, you should please in your life is you. Why? Because then you can present yourself to other people as a full, whole, and healthy individual. When you're trying to please other people instead of yourself, you're not giving all of yourself to another person. You're also not helping that person learn how to please themselves and stand in their own power, make their own money. Again, cash flow killer. Number eight, you find it easier to feel or express anger about injustices done to others rather than injustices that are done to yourself. So, I mean, we, we, this, is a, this is like a worldwide problem at this point. It's, it's absolutely um, ridiculous. It, we're, we're constantly looking for something else that is going to make us significant instead of finding our own significance and dealing with the wounds and the injustices that have been done to us personally and taking responsibility for those and fixing those and healing those. If we're always out there fighting a battle for someone else, we're never fighting a battle for ourselves. Cash flow killer. Uh, number nine, you feel safest when giving and your giving is usually not healthy giving. Um, most people give with conditions. Most people give with manipulation. And here's the thing about this. Most people don't even know that they're doing that because they were raised that way. If you were given something, something was expected in return, even if it was not verbalized, even if it was not something that was in a contract. It wasn't really a gift. It was a trade. It was a manipulation. It was, um, uh, it was buying a friendship or uh, coming from a you owe me, whatever that might be. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not healthy giving. Healthy giving is that I, you know, I give from my heart because that's what I feel my spirit is telling me to do. And then once I give, I, I cut the energetic cord between that and there's nothing, there's nothing borrowed, nothing owed. You know, it's, it's clean. It's very clean and you move on to the, to the next thing. Number 10, you feel insecure and guilty when somebody gives something to you. I cannot tell you how many times I've given a gift to somebody and the first words out of their mouth is, you didn't have to do that. And the truth is, no, I didn't have to do that. But why is it that so many people say that? And if you think about it, how many people, like for all of you that are listening, how many times have you given somebody a gift and they go, the first thing is, oh, you didn't have to do that. That was so nice, but you really didn't have to do that, right? How about just being grateful for the fact that somebody, excuse me, actually uh, gave you something and being like, thank you so much. I think we should go through life expecting miracles, expecting gifts, expecting uh, good things to come into our life and realize that if somebody wants to give you something, it, you should assume that they're giving it to you not from a place of burden, but from a place of, of love and wanting to be a blessing in your life. Uh, number 11, you feel sad because you spend your whole life giving to other people and nobody gives to you. So that is actually a receiving problem. Um, 
when, when you, if you're giving to other people and nobody's giving to you, you're probably overgiving and you're giving again for unhealthy reasons. But you're also sending out a signal that says, I'm not worth receiving. I'm not worth receiving something. Well, guess what, folks? Cash flow killer, because if you are not healed and open and healthy with your ability to receive, the amount of money that you make in your life is going to be extremely limited, and you're also going to have problems with the consistency of the amount of money that you make in your life. You know, and there's a ton more of these, but we need to keep this <laughs> quick and, and, and stay on track. But these are some general ideas of what major cash flow killers based on the ideas of codependency and neediness look like in a person's life. So again, don't, don't shame yourself or don't judge yourself if you marked why to any of these things, but be aware it's an opportunity for you to change and the next place that you need to grow. Awesome. That was a heap of information. Thank you. And again, look, if you've checked why to any of these um, 11 kind of um, quiz questions, don't judge yourself. Remember, the first step in change is awareness. You can't change what you're not aware of. All right, David, let's jump into cash flow killer number two. Okay. Um, this is one of my favorite ones because it's part of the human condition. And for the most part, it's a healthy part of the human condition. And, and it, is, it is this. Hope is not a strategy, okay? It's a cash flow killer. Hope itself is, is really required for us to be able to change, to be able to step into a belief, be able to use our creative imagination, be able to, to, to consciously manifest what we want in our life. Hope is part of all of that. But when you use hope as a strategy, uh, it's like wishing. And wishing also is not a strategy. It is seriously a cash flow killer. So why would, I think the question would be then, why would a person attempt to use hope as a cash flow killer? And I think that what it is, is it, it really is based out of insecurity. So if a person is stepping into or wanting to step into parts of their life where they want to increase their income, they want to live their dream, they want to uh, be unlimited in the amount of money that they actually have the ability and the skill set to earn, there's a lot of things that are going to have to change. We're going to have to grow. We're going to have to grow psychologically. We're going to have to grow emotionally. We're going to have to learn skill sets. And, there, and, and, and as I say in many of my seminars, success is easy because all of those things that we have to do the, the, the concept around them is actually easy. The decision to change them is where people get stuck, they struggle, and they have difficulty. Now, why do they do this? Because we have stories around the idea of hope. We have stories around the idea of magical thinking. We have stories around the idea of wishing for something. Um, and some of these things are taught to us, uh, you know, as a, as, a little, as a little child, and it becomes part of our subconscious makeup. So what, what is it that the human condition does with most people? If something is underdeveloped within our own personality, if something is not quite to the maturity that it needs to be, 
if we have unhealed wounds inside of ourselves. It is easier for us to hope or wish something would change than to actually go in, uh, maybe hire someone or work with someone uh, and do the self-work that is required for us to move from hope to actually learning very specific skill sets on a cause and effect basis. In other words, you understand the law of cause and effect and what the cause is of bringing in the amount of money that you want in your life as an effect. I always tell people, Steph, um, and you do too, that if you don't, if you have a money problem, right, money is not the problem. Money is a symptom of another problem. And uh, one of the symptoms that, that it is, is, is using hope as a strategy, you know, uh, I, I am going to build a business and I hope people buy. I hope people show up. Uh, it, you know, we have, we have very disconnected ideas on, based on the law of cause and effect as to if we, if we want very specific effects in our life, we have to know what the specific causes are in order to get them. And a lot of people were raised with just being in hope. Hope is like one step in, sur- uh, uh, in survival strategy, right? It's kind of like I've got nothing left. I'm just hoping that something changes because I don't know how to be resourceful. I don't have any friends. My spouse left me. It's almost coming from a desperate place when it's used as a dysfunctional type of a strategy. So that's really the idea there that that hope is, hope is not a strategy. It absolutely is not. There are very specific strategies that will bring an abundance of money into your life in a very short period of time. And that's one of the things that we're going to teach you about. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.